This is a man I have a great respect for, uh, for his work and for what he has to say, uh, for him voicing some uh, very important, uh, about some very important issues out there. And, and uh, he, he's a fantastic guy and a, and a very sort of funny man as well. So I'm sure we're going to have a funny, good chat as we go along. So let me introduce you everybody to Baz Blackwood. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Very well indeed. Thank you. Yeah. Hello everyone. Let's get the um, elephant in the room out of the way. How are you coping, Vaz, with what's going on at the moment? How, how, what are you up to? Uh, are you, how are you keeping yourself busy and distracted from this, the dreaded uh, thing we won't mention too much today? Yeah. No, everything's fine. Um, thank God. Everything is fine. And uh, I've been, yeah, been okay, you know. So just taking it day by day. And um, I'm a creative person, so... You know, I've had time really right now to sort of uh, just get on and do what I need to do. I've got some good people around me. So, yeah, these are really good, interesting times, good times. But, yeah, I mean, ultimately speaking, I mean, without your health, you haven't really got any, you haven't really got much going on for yourself. You haven't got good health. And I've got very good health at the moment. So I'm very positive. Yeah, everything's good. Absolutely. What I like about you, you've always got positive vibes and you've got positive things to say. But also you won't sort of walk away or shy away from things that need to be said. I would, would you say that was true? <laughs> I think people that know you out there listen to you. Yeah, it, you know, it's funny because, I mean, I'm a humanitarian first, you know, and I'm also someone that I like to read and, and like to get involved in where I'm coming from, just as a person, you know, the colour of my skin and everything. So you have to stand up and be counted. Yeah, and, and I'd say that you, I, I follow, I'm an avid follower, like you said, we chat a lot on social media, yeah. and you know, you, you, you've seen me fire off, and, and you, yeah. you always kind of step in very supportive, and and, yeah. you know, and and not just for me personally, but you do that for others, and you ultimately keep things a bit calm, but you, you, will, you, will, you will put that fire out there when it needs to be put out there and say it how it is. And I think that's really wonderful. And that's why we're so glad to have you on the show, because we want people that want to talk frankly and freely. And you do that. And and and, and talking of where you've come from. So I want to start with that, because I have I have stalked you to do some research today. But you're a bit of a, a, ambiguous out there. There's not a lot of personal stuff about you. And of course, we, don't, we want to get personal in a positive way. We want to I want to know about you and where you've come from. Is it right that you were born in St Pancras? Is that right? I was born UCH, yeah. University yeah. College Hospital, yeah. So yeah, did yeah, you, yeah. Are you a North London boy? Is that yeah, I right? actually live in the same, near enough in the same postcode where my parents came from Jamaica in um, 59 right. and they bought 163 Leighton Road, Kentish Town, in, uh-huh. um, for £15,000 in 1960. Wow. And, yeah, and I was born... I was born UCH and I lived in Leighton Road for, I'd say, on Leighton Road for, until I was about 15. Wow. And then my parents divorced and my mother moved, my mother moved to say Enfield, my father moved to Muzzle Hill. And a little bit after that, round about that period, um, I got my first, got my first mortgage when um, I was about 23, 24. And I moved into the, um, where I live now, it's Northwest Five. I live actually, I moved up the hill. So I live near Highgate West Hill. Yeah, nice. Uh, You're around yeah, the Yeah, Parliament Hill. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I live where I live now. 
is just basically where I moved to. So I live still in Northwest Five, but just up the hill. So I'm, yeah, I'm straight out of where I live, you know, where I was born. Yeah. And what um, what was going on? So, I mean, you're talking about like getting your first mortgage when you were 23. You've been a successful working actor for so many years and looking at the list of things. I mean, I've seen you in, in most things, I think, but just looking at that list is just incredible what you've done, what yeah. you've achieved, who you've worked with. And, um, you know, so so when did that, st- what was going on when you were sort of, what what was your feel? I mean, this, this podcast is about, Britain and Black Britain's contribution and whatnot. And, and obviously our age group, I don't know about you, but I, um, as a mixed race woman, a child in growing up in South London, Brixton, I experienced quite, a, you know, a lot of racism and, and let's not pretend it does. It's obviously people do still now. This is the problem. Yeah. So what was that like for you uh, in, in the eighties kind of growing up in North London and what, what was your experiences and what, and actually leading into you got into acting. I'd love to hear how that came about and what, yeah, what was going on there? Well, I was very fortunate in the sense that I first went to Jamaica when I was seven. Mm, wow. And I can still remember the plane uh, uh, approaching Jamaica. I still remember seeing, I saw a massive red, uh, a big cloud. I remember seeing the cloud and the captain said something about the cloud and we were all looking at the cloud and then the plane landed and I remember the heat. Mm. And then within about 10 minutes, uh, the car, car picked us up family friend picked up in a car and within about 10 minutes of driving away, it just started to rain and it was the rain cloud, right? Oh. So I remember going to Jamaica from the age of seven. I first went and I remember my mum getting permission from the school, Eleanor Palmer, which is just in Tufnell Park, um, six weeks, you know, she mm. got, we got six weeks. I got six weeks out there in Jamaica. And um, I think that's what happened having gone to Jamaica at a very young age and seen sides of Jamaica, like a very wealthy sides of Jamaica and then also just sort of ground root side of Jamaica. Once they get to, I just say ground root side of Jamaica and just living among and being amongst Jamaicans and, and just some funny incidences, which I still remember. It's just part of me. I think what happened was that I had a fair understanding of who I was from a very, very young age. And um, being English, born in England, you know, kind of just adapting and growing up from say seven upwards, I was always very confident and sure about myself. You know, I wasn't really confused about anything. And I had a mixture of friends, black and white. Um, And when I first went to Jamaica, we have a lot of family friends that are white Jamaican. I was, you know, I mean, I didn't really, and just white Jamaicans, and these same white Jamaicans would come and stay with us in England when they were studying to do their bars and things like that, law and whatnot. So we were just, you know, I was always, I've always been very um, cool with my skin colour, you know, I understand it. Um, I think when I was like, maybe, I'm not too sure, But there was times maybe if I spoke Patois in front of my white friends, some of my white friends, I remember this, this actually, this, you know, strangely enough, not so much in my younger years, could be late twenties, thirties or something. Someone might have said something to me about why am I talking like that? Yeah. You know, they used to talk like that when you were at school. And, um, and I always remember that I've been, I've always been, I've, I've, I was taught that, this 
is faster than this, the brain, very fast. So I'd always evade those conversations. And I'd, I'd probably think, well, I'm not going to talk to that person again, whether I talk to them with a Cockney accent, a London accent, or a Jamaican, West Indian, Patois, because they do, obviously don't understand who they are. Mm. So they're questioning who I am. So getting back to it, I'd say, you know, racism and growing up, listen, I, I mean, I remember the riots, but I wasn't involved in the riots, but I remember being pro the involvement and my, my theories and ideas behind it. You know, I was very much supportive in the sense that I didn't like seeing black people, my own people, being um, picked upon. There was the sus laws. I, I got stopped a few times. I remember once we, um, I lived, lived in the Kentish Town area, so there was like the Camden crew, and then there was the Hampstead crew. And we, because I grew up around the same, around about the time, the boys like from Madness, mm. when Madness were at William Ellis School. Yes. So... And then Swanky Modes, a shop called Swanky Modes, which is in Camden Town, Clive Langer, who was the manager of Madness. And my, a lot of my friends, Jane Dilworth, Michelle Winstanley, these girls, I used to work in Swanky Modes on the weekend, Kate Cullinan, all these girls we used to know. And um, <clears throat> my crew, we were just like, there'd be a mixture of us. There'd be me, there'd be like an Indian guy, there'd be a mixed race guy, there'd be like a couple of other rockabillies type of thing white guys and a Jewish guy, this, that. So we had a crew. Yeah. And um, so we were always good. So I was always very proud of, because I was going to and front to Jamaica, even at that, let's say, in my, my teens, I'd go to Jamaica. So I'd always be, you know, flying the flag for Jamaica, as it were. And also it's reggae music and Bob Marley and all of my friends like that music anyway. So, you know, it was all good. But so... <laughs> When we, you know, we, there was one occasion where um, the police were always stopping people, you know, they'd always stop. So, but I'd be with a group of white guys as well as black. There'd be a mixed race and an Indian and there'd be white guys as well. And we'd get stopped. Yeah. And there was one occasion where we, um, we'll keep it real. So there's one occasion where we went to visit a friend of ours in, um, what was it, in Golders Green. He had like inherited money. He's a bit of a, like say, a bit of a flash. Really, he was a funny kid, right? He was a funny kid, right? But he was like um, very full of himself. Mm. So he's welcomed in, us in. And he had this big bag of weed, right? Big bag of ganja <laughs> in his living room, massive bag of ganja. But he had this really amazing looking like this chick. So she was like a model. Yeah. And he introduced us, introduced us to her. There's about six of us, we're all looking at thinking, wow. And then he's saying, well, we're upstairs, right, guys? We're upstairs, right? You guys can just help yourself to all of that. Just, you know, chill out. I'll be down later. So he kept, he stayed upstairs with this girl. And we were like, we were like in heaven because there's all this ganja. And we were smoking <laughs> the weed, right? Smoking the weed. <laughs> and we were down there laughing. Every now and then he'd come down, hi, hi, guys, how's it going? And everything, like for a little break, you know? And he'd talk to us for a bit. We said, we're all right, go and do your thing. So then someone just thought, you know, what, why don't we just steal some of this weed, man? Because we're going to move on. Because in those days, we didn't have mobile phones. But we used to, on the weekends, there'd always be a party, whether it be in Camden or in Hampstead mm. or in the area, you know? Yeah. So we had made phone calls from Jeremy's house. We knew things were going on. And we'd been smoking this weed for a good time. We had to get on the move now, you know, because <laughs> we were always moving. You had to sit down them days with social media. We were moving. Everyone took some ganja. In a back, we all took boom, boom, boom. 
And I remember saying, I remember saying to one of my brethren, I said, saying one of the boys said, listen, mate, you're taking too much. I said, no, we're taking this, man, let's go. So we all just went. We all had gadgets shoved up because we used to put it down our underpants, right? Mm-hmm. So we all had some weed and we all got says, bye-bye, bye this girl, nice girl and everything, we're gone. But he never knew we stole ganja off him, right? So anyway, we've gone now. So anyway, we got, I don't know where we were, but as we're going back into whatever zone we're going back into, and it was daytime, it was much brighter than it was light. It wasn't dark. A police car drove past us. <laughs> I knew that was coming. Right? It, it, it actually didn't drive past us. It cruised past us. Yeah. We just looked at it go past. And I said, you know what? I'm getting rid of this weed. And everyone started to look so I'm yeah. getting rid of it. I just straight away went, boom, like, and threw it. And someone said, no, 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 no. We've gone around the block now. No, no, they ain't going to follow us. We're all right. Why'd you do that? I felt like doing it because I didn't, I saw them. I got worried about that. And, I did, and then someone else did theirs with theirs and someone else did their. Danny, right? He never, he's mixed race. He never, he, he just held on to it because he's laughing at us. We've gone two, three blocks and the police cars come back round again on us. Yeah. Stopped up against the wall. All of us. This time I'm thinking, well, oh, what is going to happen here to Danny? Because we're good. I'm good. And I said, the officer asked us, where have we been? We've been to a friend's house. No big deal. Everyone's getting stripped down, searched, felt up, searched, everything. And then all of a sudden, it's weird when the policemen say, oh, what's this then? Oh, and I'm thinking, I look like, oh, Danny. Oh, Danny boy. Now, this sounds like one of your scripts. Well, I'm wondering the scripts maybe for some of the things you might have been in. <laughs> yeah, definitely one I mean, of my scripts. Or, or, yeah. you know, whichever and way. they took Danny away. They took oh, Danny oh, away. Danny. And we, we went straight to Danny's mum's house. And Danny's mum was white and she was in English. She was a school teacher, but really good woman. We had to go to Danny's house and tell her, right? So we went and told her. And she's a real kind of a CND, real fighter. People's woman, you know. What the fuck did they do that for and all of that? And blah, 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 blah. Oh, my daddy, my daddy. <laughs> you say, but he had a bag of weed, you know, a lot of it. You're obviously the one that got yourselves out of that. Look, this is all yeah. this. I'm loving this. I mean, it's yeah. sort of... It's well, I'm just like letting you know about my incidents with the police. Every yeah. time I've had incidences with the police, I've always, they've always turned out to be um, hilarious. Yeah, that's, well, that's pretty. I mean, do you think there's something with, well, um, there's definitely a culture thing, isn't there? Because I think, I mean, growing up in Brixton, sort of, you know, mixed race, black people growing up in London, shall we say, I won't speak for the rest of the country, but I've adopted more of a London Cockney accent because of yeah, yeah. just the way, and sometimes, like you say, when I was slightly younger in Brixton, I, I would sort of, a bit of patois would be thrown yeah, in as well. Yeah. And then, I, you know, it's because that's what happens when you're in London. But would you say, yeah. I mean, maybe police, there's a thing I think sometimes, I suppose what I'm trying to say is you if you have uh, it's that thing of fitting in more if you have black skin if you sound more like said white culture people in from white cultures there's all of that stuff I think going on isn't there uh, yeah it's it's funny people. because when I first started my acting I started because I've been in the hospital listen a friend of mine phoned me up the other day Frankie right Frankie said to me Frankie's a bit of a scally but Frank is a businessman, but he's a scally, right? <laughs> so Frankie said to me, now, hey, Vass. I said, what, Frankie? He said, do you know you've been in the business for 40 years? So when Frankie's talking to me, and Frankie's like this, I thought, whilst he was talking to me, I started to try and work it out. I said, I said, he's right. He's got a point. He said, I said, so what's this? Where just come from, Frank? I said, but listen, mate, you've been in the business 40 years, fast. That's all you've ever done. You've never done anything else. You just kept on acting. That's all you've ever... Do you know you deserve something for that, mate? 
So <laughs> I said to Frankie, I said, Frankie, where you, where'd you get this from? He goes, but it's true, mate. You've been in there for, you deserve something, mate. Well, I think and it's funny because right. I think he's right. And you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Frankie's straight up and he ain't stupid, Frankie. He's a scally, but he's, he's not stupid. He's right. So, so, so when I was 18, we started, I started to go to a pub called the Old Red Lion in Islington. It's a pub theatre. And basically, I met an, um, a producer, a director, producer, director at the time, Charlie Hansen, mm. who uh, is producer, the TV big producer now, does loads of stuff, Charlie Hansen. Yeah, right, by the time he was doing theatre, and he had a company called the Black Theatre Cooperative. Charlie's white, Jewish white, cool guy. So I got in with Charlie, and the um, then they started to do, they, they started to do, they, they had a new play, which has just been written by, Fruit Dondi. And yeah. Fruit Dondi at the time was a school teacher. Also, he he produced the newspaper called Race Today with Darkus Howe. Wow. Yeah, Fruit and Darkus, right? Fruit did go on to become the head of the ethnic department for Channel 4 TV. Yeah. But at the time, he was just a school teacher then. No one knew much about his work, theatrical work. This was his first ever play. So I because I, I got to know Charlie at the Old Red Line and Charlie liked me and he knew my crowd. I started to go to these workshops for the old red for, for, for the Black Theatre Cooperative at the factory in in Padding, in um, in um, Chippenham Mews in um, near Labrook Grove on the other side of Westbourne Parks side of Westbourne Park St Johnswood side of Westbourne Park type of thing blah blah blah. So I was holding my own in the workshops, and then when Fruit wrote the play, there was a role that I could play, and I played that role. And that's how I got my equity card. And I got my equity card. I was eighteen, just going nineteen then. At the same time as Bella, Bella Freud. Yes. And um, another actor who was in it. And Bella got hers as well for um because she, she was the designer, Bella, you know, yeah. costume designer. Yeah, yeah. So Bella, and you know, Bella's gonna do great things. But funnily enough, when you mentioned incredible well, that story. I mean, I didn't know yeah. that. That's such a good that's such yeah, a great yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I grew up with the Freuds anyway from around there anyway, because I knew Kai, her, her brother, and because there's a lot of offshoot children, and also named there's Kai and there's Esther Freud, and there's a few others, you know, because they used to we used to hang out in the same circles. So I knew them anyway. And um, yeah, so that, so I, yeah, 40 years, man. Yeah, that, years, that is incredible. Awesome. So eight, so it started at 18. But can you yeah. tell me, was it was acting something you wanted to do? Or is this literally you stumbling across somebody and meeting them and them saying, hey, do you fancy coming to do a few workshops? Or was this a desire you had? As a, yeah, as well, a, I, I did a little bit at school, just a little bit. But then I wanted to be, I got, I went to um, Westminster University to do a catering. I was going to be a chef. Wow. Yeah, 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 wow. yeah, yeah. Because I like cooking. Mm. And um, there was a girl, though, at the, um, at the uh, uni there who was, she used, to, she was a makeup artist on the side. And I remember talking to her. She brought it up in a conversation. And then it just clicked in my head about, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't mind the acting. And because my parents had the divorce and everything, there was a little bit of money floating around. And one day I was on the 137 bus coming back. I never forget it, coming back from Battersea. I remember the bus going through Sloan Square and something said to me, I'll never forget it. One of those moments again, it said, be an actor. <laughs> well, I got, I got home and I said to my dad, dad, you know what? I've been thinking about it. I want to try and go to a drama school. Do you reckon we can use some of that money and get me into a drama school? I've seen a couple of drama plays and he was all right about it, actually. And it just went from there. So you had the support as well, because I mean, my experience with, I remember I was, I, I, I sing and I did sort of get into singing quite quickly, but with parents, you know, my mum was a bit kind of like, you know, mm. what, silly, you've got to get a proper job. And I yeah. think at, at those times when it, it, it 
I think parents, especially certain working class or whatever, you know, there would be that. Come on now, you know. So that's incredible and quite progressive, I think, really, in parents at that that time. It's not that long ago, but you know, well, they didn't it, have a clue what it, I was doing. They, thought, <laughs> they, they they actually thought my dad didn't think, you know, mm. I was quite, you know, right. <laughs> and I could see that. And then my mum, obviously. With a divorce, now. and I was telling her, she was like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> really a proper job, but anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but what happened was that when I went to drama school, obviously they were going to see how the drama school went, but I left the drama school very early. I left within about, the, I left the first term, I jumped before I was pushed. Why was they, that? They didn't really want me there, right? Because, oh. no, when I went there, I was like 18 and there was actors, there's actors, there was guys there that like were say in their thirties and they'd been to this drama school before or whatever, been to a drama school before and they'd gone out and done the, been, been in the world of acting and they didn't like it and they wanted to go back into studying again. And right. they were like, you know, there was times and I had a certain amount of energy and there was like times when I was there, you know, I'd get like the teacher would like, um, you know, stand in the corner with your hands on your head drama school wow. you know what I mean yeah and um, I was I used to go to a place called Weekends Art Centre which is still there whack in Bat- it's in Belsize Park Weekends Art Centre look it up if you don't know it's a really great it's an amazing place every year the, the system tries to shut it down but we keep strong mm-hmm. and it's it, my, my, my children have been there themselves it's an amazing place um, subsidised mm-hmm. so I was there and the teachers at WAC back then Celia Greenwood who, who started it who's now retired she was telling me about this drama school I was at and it's how draconian it is. And they're using this thing called bone props that you can put in your ass, bone props. And it makes, it makes you talk properly, you have a really of your reach and really off the tongue. But she said it could cause throat cancer and shit like that. And they, because that weekend's up on the weekends. And I used to tell, see that, that the place is doing my editing, you know what I mean? And she was saying that it's no good. It's no good, that place. You don't need to be there, right? So I left and... Um, there's a little bit more. There's actually a very funny story, but um, I'll quickly. All right, so yeah, share it with us. <laughs> there, was drama, there, was, there was a drama class, right? A drama class, one of the drama, and the main, the woman who ran the drama class was one of the principals. And so we're in this drama class, but just before the drama class, because I was getting de- re- rejected, and de- I felt dejected, mm. and I was getting rejected. And, but I was always a good boy in this drama school, took it seriously. And there was a girl, a woman who was like, the, who was doing the, um, the design course. And um, she was a white chick, but she had, she had dreadlocks, right? Dreadlocks, yeah? And I used to get on with her all the time. She, she was always a little bit one away. She never used to get involved with nobody. She just used to do her thing. Mm. And one day she went like this, before the drama class, she went like that to me. Like it was in the church hall, this drama school. And she called me like to the side and she was outside. I went outside this <laughs> again. And then she said, she said, hey, do you want some of this? And she was smoking a spliff. Now I'd never, I weren't going to touch none of this shit in, in drama school. Because mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm a ganja baby, as it were, like that. Then, then <laughs> I was a free thinking kid. I'm thinking, nah. And I thought, do you know what? I'm going to, yeah, come. And I just took about three, four, five pulls of this thing. I thought, that's all right. So <laughs> Went into the drama class, right? She said, all right, everybody. Okay, so today we're going to do a drama. We're going to do an improvisation. I want you all now to sit on the floor, lie on your backs, close your eyes. <laughs> we all close our eyes, lie on our back, right? <laughs> you remember what I've just done. I said, now, imagine you're on a beach. You're on a beach. Sand is warm. 
and you can hear the waves, the waves flowing, ebbing and flowing, to in and fro, to in and fro, and you're relaxing on that beach. Stay there on that beach. The sun is beating on your face, right? And then you can hear footsteps, footsteps. Don't react too much, not too sudden, but you can hear someone, someone's treading on the stone, treading on, treading on steps like marble on floor, steps. But you're still on that beach and you can hear the waves. Now forget the footsteps, stay on the beach, start to rise, wake up, slowly wake up, come on. And now you know me this time, I've gone, Rasta, I've gone. I'm like, you passed out. I'm in Jamaica now, right? I'm in the Grill Beach, Montego Beach, Montego Bay Beach, Ultraious Beach, Portland Beach, Don's River Fall. And so I must have been the last one to get up. Yeah. And I've done the reaction, blah, blah, blah. Hear the teacher now. Rasta Blackwood, you have been at this drama school now. Well, maybe six, six weeks, whatever. You've been a problem. You've been a problem. You've never listened. You've never hearkened to my words. But I have persisted in you, Vesta. I've persisted in you. And today, today I can see <laughs> that you are listening. <laughs> you understand that you are grasping the knowledge and taking in the lessons. And when all that shit's coming out of my mouth, I'm just sitting saying to myself, fuck this, I'm leaving because I'm stoned. I'm stoned, girl. It is because I smoked a spliff. Why that improvisation come off? And I said, I'm out of there. Yeah, so that was it. So you left there and you, yeah. what happened? And then you, this is around the time as well that you got the- I was part. hanging out at the old Red Lion. Yeah, so you, that- right. you, so you so I got involved in the improvisation, the workshop for six weeks. We weren't getting paid, but I was, obviously I was still at home. So I was supported in that sense. But then boom, I got the gig. And yeah. we, that play just went, went all over Europe. It went everywhere. And I got my equity card and I was earning money. Mm. Amazing, I, incredible. I yeah. Your, when was your first te- now? One of your earliest things, obviously, that everybody uh, you know knows that you were in was was one of the biggest shows and, and with one of our greatest uh, uh, black comedian actors was Lenny Henry. So it was the Lenny Henry show as well that you you ended up working on, didn't you? With Lenny, Sir, Sir Lenny Henry. Oh uh, well, ha- Sir Lenny, yes, of course, yeah. Sir Lenny. And how old were you then? Well, I would have been in my uh, my twenties, early twenties. But what happened? You see, Lenny and Dawn. Mm. Because we then I got into the theatre, the Black Theatre Cooperative. They used to come and see our plays. Ah, we okay. did one rule. We did one called One Rule. We did Welcome Home, Jacka. One Rule, um, Mama Dragon, um, and um, we I used to perform at Riverside Riverside Studios. Yeah. Wonderful yeah. venue. And Lenny and Dawn were living in Hammersmith, and they came to see one of the plays at Hammersmith, and you know, and he was just about to cast the Lenny Henry show, so he called me in for that. That's how it happened. Incredible. Yeah, that's yeah. an incredible story. And, and, and of course, yeah. you, you worked with Dawn as well. You were girls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's yeah, yeah, yeah. Dawn, Dawn's always been um, someone. You know, I, Dawn used to. She actually used to teach at um, Parliament Hill Girls School, which is near my house. Miss French. She was an English school teacher. Miss French. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Dawn and Dawn, you know, Dawn's a lovely lady. You know, even as a couple, even as a couple, you could kind of relate with them, relate to them very separately as well even though they were a lovely couple at the time that they were all also i had that thing with lenny and i had that thing with dawn wonderful people 
And uh, yes, and she and we we worked together as well with the um, with Ruby and uh, Jennifer Saunders and everything. Yeah, I've worked with those people. You know, good, yeah, and and, uh, and yeah. Joanna Lumley. I mean, these the list goes on. You yeah, know, yeah, yeah. And you are, of course. You, I mean, you're a renowned and, and known and, and revered. I would say a comedy actor as well. I mean, you, you you've done so much comedy as well. And, and is that something that you um, was that a bit deliberate, or was that just something that just, it just came up as one of your talents? Yeah, yeah. You know, the thing with the the comedy, I must say, <clears throat> first of all. I I'm, I'm, I subscribe to the, the the motif or the emblem of acting is the happy and the sad face. Mm. And that's my style, the happy and the sad face. So, for instance, the character will start off, he could be telling jokes. He pulls up in a Ferrari. He goes into a building. He's telling jokes. He's happy. You know, he's like, this guy's happy. And then when he walks out, the Ferrari, the wheels have gone. The car's been completely smashed and someone's edged in a big dick on the, on the Ferrari. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's his reaction going to be? So it's like that with my, you know, I like to, um, I like black comedy, like surreal stuff. And that's life. I'm liking to life. For instance, that's why I think my character worked really well in Lockstock because Lockstock is like about life anyway, because if you know any people that not, that are part of that life, come from that life, they tend to have this whole thing, which is like, they can always tell a funny story. They're very funny people those type of guys. And I went to my secondary school was full of a lot of those guys. Mm. And um, then as I got into my acting, I'd bump into them at boxing. I used to go, cause I like boxing. I used to go to the boxing and I knew a lot of the boxing promoters and I'd see a lot of these guys <laughs> and they're just characters, man. Yeah. And, uh, but you know, then they go off into their world and they do some dark stuff, but they yeah. So, yeah. so, you know, kind of, you know, you can see it in any actor any you know, most actors, like to sort of do edgy stuff and I like to do edgy stuff. So yeah, and I do, I've done some very good comedic type stuff, but there's also a, a, a kind of a, a straight narrative behind what I'm oh, doing. Yeah. I mean, I'd agree as a fan of yours and, and, and that character yeah. as well, Rory Breaker from Lockstock and Smoking Barrels is exactly what you've just described. And, and yeah. I've grown up with people like that. And you know, there's you're laughing one minute and the next minute you're kind of horrified because yeah, yeah. someone's been burnt to death or, or whatever it may yeah, be. Yeah. Um, and you are, you know, that's, that's the ability you have. And it's wonderful to watch because you're, you're definitely not a one trick pony. Um, uh, but yes, and, and how talking, we can't sort of talk about you, talk to you and not talk about, I mean, Lockstock and Swagging Barrels, you just talked about the Lenny Henry show, but also there's no way I can't mention this. And, and I'm sure many people listening will want to because so many people are big fans. It's only Fools and Horses, you know, the great yeah. Jason, you've worked with him as well. And again, very some serious sort of uh, tender drama, but mixed with hilarity, you know, and it's again, that kind of thing that you're, well, not quite with the the um, the darkness, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so talk I mean, was, a bit about yeah. that. Well, I was very fortunate because... All of the Only Fools and Horses, John Sullivan, the writer, has written, he wrote all of them. So basically, I got called in to see Ray Butt, the producer for Only, for Only Fools and Horses. And I went to see him at BBC Television Centre. And he was, he's a flat cat. Like, he's like a market trader himself, actually. But <laughs> what kind of, yeah, just a strange bad Ray Butt. Real old school producer, BBC. I said, how are you, Vass? Come with me a minute. And he had this script in his hand and said, right, I'm going to put you in a little office here and you want to go in this office. I want you to read this and I'm going to come back and see you and then you tell me what you think. That's literally what he did. Yeah. And he went off, left me and I thought. So I sat down and I started to read this thing. The first thing I realised is that I'm in a room, one room with Rodney and Dell. <laughs> the safe is on a time lock. 
and I've got a gun, right? And it's all in one room. I was thinking, and I was reading, I read it through, and I read it like, I read it literally because it's 30 minutes, and I read it, I think I finished it maybe 30, um, say a page is a minute. Yeah. I, read it in a, a minute, I read it in a minute, and I thought, the next thing you know, about 40 minutes later, Ray's knocked on the door and he's come in. And I did, I thought, this is, this is pretty good, you know? And he said, uh, he said, so what do you think of it then? I said, it's really good. He said, right, great. You're going to do it then, yeah? You do it, all right? <laughs> At the time, I was, up for, I was up for another job. <laughs> I was up for another job, right? Yeah. This thing with Channel 4. And I know that because the BBC, they pay crap, mm. right? Because no, it's no advertising. They won't mind me saying that. I know, they, I know you can get paid more now because they've got the platforms now and they go out to America, so the contracts are bigger. But they haven't had me there for a while. And it's about time they did. So just let them know. I'm not even <laughs> already. I take what you're giving, but I know there's residuals. But back then in the day, because there was no all these platforms and they weren't selling it off to America as such, their money wasn't that good. So when you're in the hustle, you know the BBC is whatever it is. But I was up for this thing for Channel 4 and it was a series and it was good money, right? So then so I got no children or nothing, but I'm just thinking, you know, thinking ahead. I said, Ray, he's right steaming back, taking me back to the reception. He goes, right, he's right in front of me, but real life with his flat cap on and but a clever man, a clever man, but like a trader. He said... They're like a city trader, but a rogue city trader. Like, so I said, don't worry about it. You, I, I, I'll phone your agent. I've got the number. You know I've got the number. That's how I got in touch with you. So I'm going to phone the agent. <laughs> I'm gonna when you go, by the time you get back, I said, but Ray, I'm up for this other... I had to literally tell him my business. I didn't normally... Well, I didn't even say exactly. I said, but I'm up for this other job, you know, Ray. I said, ah, you don't worry about that. Channel 4, you've got to do this. They started to stall the Channel 4 people. The producer was getting all these thoughts. And I just said to my agent, do you know what? I want to do that only fools and horses thing because... And then they came back, the channels for people. They made some creative changes. And I thought, fuck them, do you know what I mean? Let me, do, <laughs> let me do my thing on And I'll tell you something, up to this day now, the amount of love I get for that performance. Yeah. 17 million people watched it one time, one yeah. kick. One That's kick incredible. Saturday night. And the shadow, you know, and people just loved it. So, again, I can't really complain because... It's just one of those things. And, you know, David Jason and Nicholas Linders and, Gra and, and Grant and Uncle, you know, and it's just good, man. And John Binden, John B Biden, the bold boy went on to do stuff in EastEnders and everything. It's long gone now. It's gone, my brother. But, you know, it was a good job to do. So I, I've got skills, you know, I've got skills. You've yeah. definitely got skills. And these characters as well, they're iconic. I mean, they are iconic characters. Thank they're you. not, you know, they, they, you know, these are things that people watch over and over again. For you, you tend to be in things like that, uh, a mean machine as well, and, and just yeah. all these things. Everything that you kind of do for me, you, you don't forget that you're in it. If if that makes sense, you know, we thank can. All yeah, no, no, no. That's really nice of you to say. Thank but you. It's, yeah. it's it's just how it is, you know. We've got to big you up, and and um, because it's credit where credit's due and that's why you're such a great guest for this show because this is all about you know the uh, contribution to uh, black britain the contribution to black britain and, and you're part of that and obviously wonderful. we don't want to kind of separate and divide but this is about celebrating that yeah wonderful then, yeah absolutely yeah. Absolutely. And it needs to be, right, because of what's what's been going on for such a long time. Unfortunately, these things need to be highlighted. And and, and you moving on, as I'm saying that, I would say that you're very vocal like that. You, we talked about that at the beginning, but you're 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 kind of happy to to to, to use your platform uh to voice things that and, and to to bring things up that need 
you know, addressing, shall we say. So talk about, I mean, can we call, you said earlier you're a humanitarian and I love that word because, I mean, we're human. I mean, if you're not, if you don't care for other humans, then, I mean. No, you, you know, know, I will, I will, <laughs> one thing I will say, because I didn't, I haven't actually even got the time, I haven't even had the chance to say it to you because I have, I have two daughters, right? I have one son and two daughters, so three children. Both, all three, they're mixed race, my children. But they're very strongly identify with their black side because I'm their dad. You understand me? So they're like they're like cool, but they they really are full on with their their roots, right? You know, you're a sister, so like, and I know your heritage. Mm. So whenever, and there's things that I've seen whether it's Twitter or Facebook or whatever, I call it Facebook, but or or, or, <laughs> or or Twitter, and I've seen some people when they've laid into you. And how you've defended yourself. And the first thing that strikes me is like, no, man, that's like that's like doing it to one of my daughters, you know, or something like that. I can't have that. I don't care. Yeah. I'm coming in. <laughs> I'm coming. And I'll do it, I'll do it to the day I'm die for you. Anyone. Oh, that's and that's the way I weigh in. No, 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 that's just me. And if you don't like it, well, then this is what it's this is what it we'll go right back then. We'll go right back. Because I'm retentive. I'm, I'm speaking for my ancestors. Yes. Young farmers. You know what I mean? In Jamaica. Yeah. Manchester, Christie up in the hills, four and a half thousand feet up. My grandfather, four o'clock in the morning, he's covered in water up to his chest. Mm. He's been working since for him, yam farming, yellow yam. And he used to say, hard work don't kill you. Right? Okay, I'm part of that bloodline. But then, all right, I've, and I've been fortunate. But I know my people come from, and my people, they, they made that journey over from Africa. Mm. Right. And it wasn't an easy thing because we were being hassled over there. Mm. My strand, my bloodline. Mm. And somehow we made that journey and it wasn't a virgin first class business class flight. How my people made that, I don't even know. And then when we reached Jamaica, they had the thing called a ball, the pens. Mm. Like you got May pen, this pen, the pen. And in the pen was all the slaves. And the busher and the white boys to come down, all the rich boys. Do you know how much a slave cost in English money now? How much a slave, an 18-year-old slave would cost? Do you know how much? Pellers. 12 grand. This is, you're talking about modern day slavery. If you, if, uh, yeah, yeah, a slave, a, 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 yeah, if you say an 18-year-old, prime one, right? 12,000 pounds. That's how much it was costing the white men. Yeah. Well, we have the thing, don't we, where we're still paying off a debt, you and I, with our tax money from uh, uh, the people that were compensated, slave owners that were compensated in the in, when a slavery ended in the UK. I mean, this is, is there's things like that. that uh, yeah, there's that, there's that. You know, so, I mean, there's so much. There's so got, much. You've got them being felt, felt up the Coromantes, the best ones was 12 grand, right? So and then one man would buy, say, 10. And then there's a process, six, seven, eight months, maybe a year, they take time to get you into it. That's my bloodline. Yeah. So, yeah. I think so me and you have very, very similar feeling about it because, you know, there's often this thing. And, and of course, the typical sort of response from people who are, shall I say, adverse to or uncomfortable with this stuff being challenged is, well, it happened. You know, it's, it's the over it. let it go. And, you know, it. this is like you're saying, I think that we're similar in the way. And I loved hearing you talk like this and your yeah. passion because you believe it's, the, it's a bloodline. I mean, it's scientifically yeah. proven. Yeah. In, effectively that we are affected by what's gone on in our bloodline in our dna that we carry that and it carries on for generations 
I mean, we're slaves to the algorithm. I, I do it myself. You know, I, I kind of pick it up. I look at social media and I'm getting triggered by whatever and maybe justifiably so, but I, it's all tuned yeah, in. justifiably so, and I understand, yeah. Well, you're not like that, but then there again, sometimes you have to get involved. You know what I mean? I've seen you getting some right tarots. I think she's not easy. <laughs> I said, she don't rip. <laughs> I said, here she goes. And then I'll come back to it about an hour later. And I, and I know she's gone quiet and then, I'll leave it and then but five hours I come back, then I know they've riled you up again and you're <laughs> on them with the facts and the figures. But I'll say, I'll tell you what, she don't need a coach. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, it's but it's, no, but it's good though, because one, some people wouldn't expect you to be like that. And then when you are like that, you have to understand that there are thousands and thousands of people quiet, silent, they're just looking and they're just they're just shouting, they're saying yes, because they not that they couldn't do it or they wouldn't do it, but they're not in the situation of doing it, but they're at, at the moment in time where they can see you doing it. Mm. And that's great because yeah, you know, I mean, say come, the same. their way, they'll do it. Yeah, and, and I'd say that in terms of what you, you the way you put things out. I mean, you're really great at getting everybody. Now you had a you had a blog, and and uh, is it not active at the moment? But you did for a while. No, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. This, you know what? I write, so I've been very busy writing, and um, I'm creating some stuff at the moment, and there's been some interest. So fantastic! Can you tell us a little bit more about it? So, is this for maybe well, film, TV, or something? Yeah, I, I won't say too much because only because only because you know I, what I will say is that Vass has been very creative, <laughs> and, uh, and I've created a couple of projects, and. It just so happens that the powers that be have just like kind of like thought, oh, they're not too bad. So then because there's two, I've had to concentrate on one and I'm finding myself in a situation where I could probably just one's one's OK. They're like they're for TV. So I could probably end up just writing all of them. The TV ones, you know, because I mean, I'm writing them now and they're that good that I don't not too sure if I'd be too interested in others writing them but I've got enough time to do them but the thing is the really good thing about in doing this for me is like it's I can sort of just leave a legacy very strong legacy because I want to do more of that yeah I'm, I'm getting involved in doing that and I believe that if I can get this one this first one if this first one can come off the ground in the way that I want it to come off the ground then I think the door will open really for because it's there's a certain style to this and you really like these they're really funny they're, they're not, not funny they're not funny they are funny but they're not funny <laughs> If you know what I'm trying to say. I do know what but, you're trying to say. And, yeah, 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 yeah. and plus the topic, the topic, you will not believe. You, the topic, you'll think, how the hell did he know about that? Because it's, not, it's nothing to do with what you think it's about. It's very funny. And I think, I think that the, the, the powers that be, that what fascinates them is the fact that I could ever delve into that, into that world. Because it's not, it's, not, it's not a world wherein someone of my background would really under would really that you'd expect yes. would write about yeah so I'm taking control dealing with that it's just something that I know I can do so I'm getting involved in that and I you know I do you know, I do a lot of voiceovers I do I'm doing a little film next month a little bit oh, of a fantastic. film can you yeah. talk about yeah. that yeah. a little bit can you tell uh, us a bit about that or are you not not too not much, too much. not I can't yeah. not with that but it, we you know we start we were supposed to start in January but we start next month yeah so um yeah, so I'm just going to get in there and just do it. But then there's there's some things that are happening happening with the acting as well because I found a new kind of like um, I don't know what it is, but it's just like it's the writing thing starting, 
it's like a renewed form of, I don't know, renewed confidence or something. I don't know what it is, but when you do stuff and you do it really well, it's very difficult to be cast in other stuff, right? Yeah. So, yeah, because the industry is a little bit like that. But I've got, I've got a good team around me now and I'm kind of like, like, for instance, the other day I did, I, I did a self-tape for something in America, right? And, and I really kind of put some time into it. Because I don't know, I do put time into these yeah. things, but I put a lot of time into this one. And um, I thought, bloody hell, man, that's not too bad, you know. But whether <laughs> they like it or not, whether they like it or not, if you keep doing some things like that, mm. you know, you're bringing something to it. Because I was bringing something to it. And I didn't really care, but I just bring in something to it. And then, you know, some people say, <clears throat> some people might be sitting there listening to this and think, that's what you're supposed to do, Vas, but it's not always the case. <laughs> not, not, not everyone sees it that way. No. So Uncle Vas didn't quite see it that way, maybe in the past. But now I'm doing some things, right? And I'm working out some things. And um, I'm enjoying that process of, of being an actor. So, and then also as well, I don't look my age. So it's like kind of like casting me is a little bit funny as well. So it's all good, really, because the writing's going to explode. And, yeah, the, and the I'm really excited to hear that you are doing that because I was I wanted to ask you. It almost felt like an intrusive question, almost to go, "Do you write as well?" It's almost like some, saying to people sometimes, "Are yeah, you yeah, going yeah, yeah, yeah. to have children?" Because I thought I don't want to, but actually, I'm really glad because you know the, what you've you've contributed and what you've experienced. You're a really experienced, accomplished actor. And you read, you've just shown us, I mean, you know, you, you read a lot, you take a lot in. And I'm not surprised to hear that you're writing something that maybe people wouldn't expect from you. No, they're not going to expect this. Because you're so educated and you've got such, such yeah. a wide spectrum of knowledge uh, of it clearly you. from what, because you've, you're so, you're so well self, uh, self-educated so well. But um, it's, that's really exciting to know. And um, I hope that you'll keep us posted on yeah, that. No, I will. I will. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and the good luck with that. But I don't think you need it, to be honest. But I will say good luck because that's, you know, we, we all need a bit of that, don't we? Um, but so, yeah. what? So, so writing uh, uh, some TV stuff possibly coming up, and you've got so you'll be in something, so but you can't talk too much about that at the moment. That's fair enough. That's how it kind of works. Um, but you know, it, it's it's like I said, what you've what you've done, what you've contributed, how much you've contributed to this country, as and your friend, uh, I don't know, I can't remember his name now, who said, Vaz, you should be getting something. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Frankie was like, you know, talking about like sort of they should be coming around my ass with a like suitcase for a million pound cash. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I mean, no, no, no. He just, you know, listen, he's right. No, he's right in the sense that, you know, it's all good for me because what turns me on about what Frankie said is that I get the, I get the empowerment in knowing, for instance, I've given away awards for the Duke of Edinburgh at Kensington Palace for, for the Duke of Edinburgh award skin. And it's three people do it because it's in three sections, in three halls in the palace. Mm. Now I've done this. They invited me. I got picked to do this. In the mid-90s, he, they invited me again to Kensington Palace, no, no, to Buckingham Palace, to garden party on behalf of the Duke again. And um, Prince Edward was the host, right? And things like that. So I've done things like that. Where I am now with the acting, just say, let's just say the acting. So Bourne started the acting, equity card, 18, this, that, and the other. You know, I'm about to turn a new leaf, a new page. Yes. And I'm going to come with a new style, you know. And my style is like, it'll open up the door 
for other black actors, young black actors that want to come through and give that style again. Because, you know what I mean? It's never been a comeback because I've never gone anywhere, you know? So it's just a style, you know? And then you get these people in the industry, you know, the paymasters and whatnot, they all of a sudden, they kind of like, oh yeah, 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 you know, oh yeah, they're like you're back in like, oh, wonder where he's been, but I haven't been anywhere. You know, also yeah. what you've been doing. Well, I've been doing quite a lot, you know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have also, I mean, people tend to do that, don't they? But I think people love to re love reinvention. So even sometimes they're imagining, like you say, oh, where have you been? But when you haven't been anywhere as such, but people like to uh, to, to sort of do a, a, a kind of reinvention, so to speak, even if it isn't actually happening, if you know what I mean. Yeah, you know, I think it's being creative because I'm a creative person. So... And, you know, once you keep your keep yourself healthy and you just keep, you know, go with the flow um, and then, yeah, then things, you know, and also you persevere and things just start to happen. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 Things just happen. You know that, Lisa, you know that. Yeah, too. of course I do. And I think and, and, you know, you've just got to keep at it, haven't you? I think. And Absolutely. What do you think about um, uh, what's going on in uh, I don't want to call it in the film industry, say, for black actors and producers? What What's your view of that? I mean, we've got people know Ashley Walters doing really incredibly well and kind of directing and producing, giving given those sort of reins, so to speak. Noel Clark is someone that's really sort of done very well in, in uh, sort of. Well, long, quite a while actually. He's been there yeah. for a good while, and he's still pretty young. And you're still—I mean, that thing you're with—you know, fifties, forties—it's young, especially. Yeah, 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 So yeah. much more to do, haven't you? Like as you're saying. But anyway, what's your view on that? And 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 off the back of what's happened with the uprising of the Black Lives Matter movement, um, what without attaching any politics to that, <laughs> but that's what it is. What would you? How are you feeling about that? Do you think there's been improvements? Do you think there's been changes? Positive changes? Yeah, I mean, there is, you know, there's positive change. I mean, let's look at, I look at it from a UK point of view, right? It, it's, it's a difficult industry, right? So, you know, you've got, you've got, you mentioned a few names there, Ashley, Noel, and those guys, they're doing their thing. And many others, of course. But yeah, there's, but there's, yeah there, there's quite a lot of, there's quite a few others, quite a few others, lots of others, lots and lots and lots. And the thing is, it's just the relevance. And, you know, for instance, uh, Ashley's a very good friend of mine. I know Ashley. Ashley's a really good guy and he's a very good actor. And he's, he's, listen, you know, someone like him is just like, I've just got time for how they, you know, get on with it and what they've got to do, specifically speaking, and power to him and all of that, you know, that, that um, the whole, you know, whatever the genre of stuff that you want to do, you know. But one thing's very important. It's not even a but. What's important is that when you do creative stuff, it, it's not, it's, it's not, must never be atypical. Mm. Otherwise it becomes, you get stereotyped with certain, certain things, right? And what we often find is that when you go to see the powers that be and you turn up and you look this color, question has to be asked, what are they expecting? Mm. Yeah. And if it's what they're expecting, they feel really good in themselves. They can hold their crutch and they think, right, I can play around with him. No matter how good this is, play around with him for as long as I want. I might even give him a bone, but then, you know, whatever. I play around with this situation. I can reject, reject whatever, okay? Because um, in the UK, it's different from the States for our for, for, for black people, black, black creatives. Yes. You have to kind of think outside the box a little bit in what they expect the system to be because for instance you could you could switch on the tv or go onto netflix or go onto amazon and you can see many different sort of like produced highly financed produced say um 
costume period pieces. Yeah. And, you know, if you add up the amount of people, crew members behind all those productions, say six or seven productions, it's a few thousand. People are feeding their families and they're pre predominantly white and they're in the arts. Yes. So let's go and make a hood movie, food for people shooting up in the hood and this, that and the other, or blah, 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 or say two black cops, right? Blah, 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 right? They can only make a certain amount of those. They won't make too many of those because they just won't. And then they'll tell you there's a certain amount of black people in the population in the UK. Yeah. yeah, 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 all of that, right? Because yeah. they've got answers for it. It gives them a heart, you know, they just hold onto their nuts and they can just talk to you on a level. Like, but then if you say that you hold onto your nuts, you say, have you ever eaten cow foot and butter beans? They say, what? <laughs> <laughs> got you there. I got you. Yeah. And it's so true. And I think what's come up a lot with discussions, especially amongst black and, and mixed race people, people of color, whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. is that there's sometimes it's not just about kind of, you know, getting more, it's been seen more in commercials or like you say, doing the 10 shows or the reaching the quota of kind of, uh, uh, you know, sort of those kind of shows. It's, it's, it's where are the executives who's run, you know, can you walk into an office with a, a, a executive producer that really understands the issues and wants to make something that isn't just fitting into a quota, you know, and are we just being humoured at the moment where this, this discussions come up? Yes, there's lots of people suddenly of colour in commercials, but it's kind of going, right, let's just kind of throw everything at that then at the moment. It's not really like a long term. Do you, do you agree? I don't know what you think about that. Yeah, it's difficult. So, for instance, but what is good is that, the likes of, um, say, Bulletproof and things like that, they've opened up big doors, right? So that's great, you know? Yeah. And um, from there, we just have to kind of like say, if you want to go down that journey and try and work something off that, work something off that. But production companies, and they're enabled to prove their worth. It's still very, very, very difficult. They make it difficult just even if you're just a white creative. If you, if you come with a certain idea, your idea has to be, you have to just try and find something very, very original, and also it has to make sense to you and it has to have that kind of has to resonate so much from within, you know, and it's just that's all it is. And I think that I think that it's, you know, if we keep going the way we're going, it shouldn't take too long, maybe say 10, 15 years until the landscape changes a bit, because I haven't seen the landscape really change. I watched the other day, I, no, I watched, I caught something on Emmerdale, it might have been Emmerdale. I think it was Emmerdale or it was either Emmerdale or Hollyoaks or which one of them. But there's a bit of the black people in it, right? And I thought to myself, it's like some, there's some drug deal going to go. Someone's going <laughs> to get nicked. You know what I mean? Because it just had, but I wasn't even really watching it, but I just noticed. And I was thinking, ah, they're really overthrowing, they're throwing them in there. And it's what's going to happen is four are going to get nicked. One's going to get shot and there's going to be one left. And he'll be like, I mean, I mean, it, and this is the thing. I'm laughing along, but this is the sort of. I mean, this is the thing. It's it's funny, but it ain't funny, right? I mean, it's no, no, no. When you bang them in there like that, yeah, there's gonna be some shit's gonna go down because they know white folk are watching that, feeling uncomfortable. That oh my god, not another one. Look, there's another one. Oh, what's going on? What are you oh, I know, painful, but very no. likely true. Huh? Um, I said painful, but very likely true. Yeah, but what's that um, all about? Yeah, I mean, we've got a way to go. But, you know, like you said, there's a lot of positives. So, you know, it's been wonderful. We've taken up yeah. a bit more of your time than because Sorry. it's so good to chat to you. And I want to give you a big thank you 
and you know we look forward to seeing what you've got coming uh, on you with your tv projects and also with the new thing that you're doing that you can't too, talk too much about and no. also if anyone like me in lockdown the perfect reruns of only fools and horses you know and all these things these brilliant things you've been in um you know so we can always see you and that's always and it's always a delight to see you as well on social media and for people that if you don't follow basta black what are you doing what are you doing um so yes look keep well and take care of yourself and i will for sure we'll see you around and uh, we'll be in uh touch. Thank, you, thank you very much Baz. take care god bless you god bless you take care everybody thanks for having me on the show uh, rug work media big up